Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Oh, welcome for another episode of the Cobracast with the Prez and VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Prez Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky Etdog, VP Etridge. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome, Et Dog and mate. How'd you go on the punt? Melbourne Cup Day. Oh, terrible. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, just going to foreshadow that I'm fucking atrocious. <laughs> this will be the last time you see me. I've got to sub the laptop, the monitor, my microphone, TV, the house. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But nah, mate. I've actually um something pretty cool to bring up to you today, mate. So this is the as this would go out, it'll be the fourth, fourth of. November, I am officially one full year smoke free. Oh, bang! I'm well, actually, effectively longer because of late year. So actually, Monday would have been a full a, a full year. But yeah, so no. Yeah, well, I think my man today, but yeah, I'll be a day or two, three hundred sixty six days smoke free, mate. So congratulations, thank so, you, mate. So it's been been so nice. that means. Uh, a year and a week ago, we were on footy trip. We were on footy trip. We were uh, on a bloody cruise ship from Sydney to, to Melbourne with a couple thousand other people having a grand old time. And there's no no corona in sight. No, not a care for corona in the world. Um, and <laughs> mate, since then they've probably sunk more ships than they've uh, they've. Uh, <laughs> Oh, mate, how times have changed, though. How times have changed in the last, well, obviously, year or year now, I guess, but last eight months. But yeah, no, I remember, yeah, footy trip. I was like, okay, footy trip's my last weekend smoking. And then I always had um, Jackie Belfort's 30th week after. I was like, nah, that following month, Sunday, I'm, I'm doing it. And I actually done it, which was quite surprising because I've tried many times and you get through a week and you're like, eh, too hard doing it but we found out so it will be a fortnight to so a year yeah about a fortnight's time a year ago we would have found out that oakland was on our way so that was to be fair that was probably a major reason why the smoking completely stopped and there was no falling back was because i knew there was something better on the horizon so matt it's uh, well done and um it's good work and you know i Never having that vice myself, I, I'm, I don't know how hard it is to quit, but knowing many people that are smokers and have struggled to, to quit for a long time, uh, I can imagine how hard it would be. So well done. And Thank you. I'm, uh, quite, I'm quite glad I quit before um, COVID hit too. Cause I couldn't imagine anything worse than punching down a dart and throwing a face mask on and have to smell your own breath. Yeah. I, I'm sure that surely there's people that have quit now just because they can't be stuffed doing that but and the price of them every now and then i do um obviously like i don't go buy cigarettes now but every now and then i'll you know at the server or i'm at cold i'll sort of poke my head in and see what they're going for nowadays and i honestly reckon if i hadn't quit, quit like a year ago mate i would have been eight months into it because the price of them is ridiculous yeah yeah it's but but it's something I've never understood how people could spend that kind of money on something that you just breathe in and it's Wednesday. Uh, so. Yep. so podcast recommendation. You you forgot you forgot last week. Let's be yeah, I didn't I didn't forget. I have no idea what happened last week. It wasn't until about two days later. I'm like, fuck, did we do podcast recommendation? I don't remember and then we discussed it before and See, a I, bit of a I thought 
you've just been listening to Kick to Kick too much, so you didn't really have oh, any others was, to recommend. So I'll just put it down to that. But have you got something true. new for us this week, uh, mate? I, I do. It's, it's not a footy-related podcast. The, the, the recent episode, they just clocked over 10 years. So this is why I'm going to bring it up. Another reason I'm bringing it up is I've been, I've been wanting to recommend this for about three to four weeks. Since we started this podcast recommendation, I'm like, I need to recommend this local podcast. But the content <laughs> that they were talking about, I didn't think was, I just thought better wait until they finish this little three to four week segment of what they're talking about. I'll tell you after when we get off the air, yeah, mate. But the Little Dum Dum Club, I'm sure you've probably heard about me talk about the Little Dum Dum Club before. They've um, a couple, couple of comedians. comedians. Yeah. yeah, a couple of comedians, Carl Chandler, Tommy Dasselow, they've... Um, this week's episode was their 10 year since their first episode released. So they had on shit, yeah, Will Anderson, Nick Cody. Oh, gee, I don't even know. Quite a few Australian comedians. They, they literally just sit, talk shit with a couple of, um, a couple of comedians every week. And it's just a good laugh. It's one, it's, it's probably my favorite non footy podcast. You know, it gets re- re- released on a Wednesday and I'm shut onto it in the years. So the little dum dum club and, you know, I think any podcast that's going for 10 years is a bloody, um, it's, it's a fair effort there. We're meant to be doing their, um, five, their 500th episode this year, this year at the uh, Athenaeum in Melbourne, but obviously with COVID. So they still haven't done a 500th episode. They're up to like 527th, 26th maybe, but they still haven't done a 500th yet. So they're, uh, they're rebooked for next year. But yeah, the little Dum Dum Club is yeah, possibly my favourite. And I'm going to give you two. I'm just going to, th- you know, I'm going to give another. Um, I don't think I've given a shout out this one yet. Just bear with me, mate. I just need to make sure I want to get the name right because I've butchered it before. Sorry, right, mate. I've got time. Um, <sighs> <laughs> I've only decided I'm going to give these guys a Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. They, they, they're sort of similar to what we do, they chat to you know, women from clubs around the world and. Um, they talk about the game that's going on and women's footy, like you know, women's footy in Australia. And they speak to, you know, I guess women's footballers. I'm not too sure what you call them. Women's footballers, I guess that is. Footballers, yeah. Yeah, footballers. I'm always, I'm always like on the edge when I'm talking about like, is it just footballers? Women's footballers? Is it men footballers? It's just, it's just. I think it's now at a time where we can just say footballers, and yeah. uh, you know, I think. You wouldn't have to. They're all we're all playing the same game, aren't we? We're all footballers if we're playing football. Yeah. So. So, so, yeah. So, women's Australian rules football radio. It's it's not a podcast I listen to regularly. I've listened to. I do listen to it sort of when I'm wanting to listen to certain things. But I just feel like the fact that uh, women's football, as we've spoken about around the world, is kicking off, and the fact that you know there's such a big influence and. Um, and I did just see today that they've announced that the AFLW and the VFLW will will run concurrent currently next season so mate you're on, you're bloody on top of stuff more than i am yeah so I um, instead of having that. the aflw season then a vflw season after that they're running concurrently um which means they may have some vflw curtain raises for the aflw teams which would be great oh, that's awesome and I don't know if you're across the news on the VFL with right. the the expansion of the VFL to what is it twenty two teams twenty two teams across with their, 16, 16 round season with uh, uh, two or three states now involved. So, yeah, so um, the VFL and East Coast league, yeah, so um, the northern northeast uh, yeah, AFL so has joined. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Six six stand six standalone clubs. Of six standalone, like second tier clubs, like your Franks Dolphins. I think the Astley Hornets, maybe, maybe I think Port Melbourne would have still been one. Then there's Carlton's put in a standalone, standalone beef, AFL. AFL. But more importantly, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm a Franks and Dolphins, so I'm, I'm a big fan of the old VFL. The Preston Bullants are back. Yeah, they're back. I'm too sure yeah. you stand that the Preston Bullants are back in the VFL. Northern Blues fucking ripped the heart and soul out of them for years. Fucking typical <laughs> Carlton just ruining by your local footy. And they go, nah. Stuff here, mate. Where we're coming back, so well, we dropped I, them, but anyway, look, you ripped the heart out of them. But no, I, I, I think I think it's good that these clubs are like you, Preston Bull, or you know, Preston Bull ants are coming back in. And where are we going today, mate? Mate, we're going. We're still in Canada. Oh, we're going. Yeah, we're going to West Island. Uh, it's the Wooders. Mate, the Wooders. It's it's a name I don't mind actually. I, I, 
the waters. It's, I, um... I, I was I was quite confused when we came up, but where's the world? Like, where are they? And it turns out they're just they're based in Montreal. They're, it, was, it was their logo that got me. Their logo was a bit strange because their logo was the uh, the Norwood logo on the AFL. Yep. And I was trying to work out how they got the Norwood logo and the West, West Island Wooders. Hey, and... How bloody rapt were you when you said, when you go, oh, did you get anything from Norwood? They're like, yeah, we had Norwood. You're like, hey, I knew it was Norwood. I did feel pretty proud about myself on that one. <laughs> it was, um, I, I think I think Ken felt better when we said that it was a very decent league. <laughs> yes. From the, I'm not too sure it was mentioned in the podcast or off air, off air that um, the bloke that come across and set the club said, oh, yeah, nah, no, we're playing a good leg. And for a long time, they were a bit like, oh. They couldn't fact check it. That's exactly the thing. Right, yeah. they, they just had to take the, the word of the bloke that came over. So they yes. were just like, oh, well, we're going to take his word for it. Yeah. But we, so, we put his mind at ease. We, it was a, we mentioned it was a good league. So well, It's probably the best in Australia outside of the like local competition. Australia would imagine the AFL. Yeah. Maybe, be, maybe Geelong. I think Geelong are out there as well at the moment. But yeah, this is, this is a good chat. Um, yeah, that was something we didn't actually learn of Montreal was the fact that these are pretty much like the one sort of club that is separate off the metros. I, I don't feel like that was mentioned in Montreal. I could be wrong though. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's sort of, again, we're just covering different aspects of the, the way things work over there, which was great. Um, but yeah, let's get into it, mate. West yeah. Island Wooders. Uh, Enjoy this one, and we'll see you next week. Catch you then. All right. Today, we would like to welcome Ken from the West Island Waters. Uh, thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here, guys. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us today, and we're looking forward to learn about the Waters over in uh, Quebec. Um, but before we get into the club, let's find out a bit about yourself, and how did you come across Aussie Rules over there? Uh, I'm originally from uh, an East Coast uh, province here in Canada, New Brunswick. So uh, I, I think this is a kind of a common way of discovering uh, footy. Is uh, a night we came back from from the bar and uh, this, this this game was on, and I think I started looking at it initially. I thought it was rugby, and uh, after watching it for for five ten minutes, I realized that it wasn't. And uh, the next morning, I mean the, the guys. Went out for for breakfast and you know, we started talking. Did you guys see what was on the TSN that night? And uh, you know, so we started talking. We started looking it up. You know, it's Aussie rules. So I came across it that way. And uh, I, you know, I'd already I was always tuning in, watching the games here and there. And uh, when I actually eventually moved to Montreal two or three years later, I was still following the game here and there, and uh, decided after that that to, to see if there'd be a league here. And uh, after looking it up. Apparently there was, so started playing after that. So how long have you played for now, and what what position do you play? Started in uh, 2014 when uh, when I moved here. Actually, started off. Um, I, I kind of my first games were the last uh, the last regular season game. I joined late in the season, and they put me on the team that was uh, first place. And I don't think they lost a the game all year, so it was a great introduction for me. I, I started on a first place team that abided the grand final. I played two games and then I won my first uh, grand final. So I started off winning, uh, winning flags pretty quickly, but uh, that didn't last forever. So, but uh, but uh, when I started, they uh, they put me in the back. So I was mostly playing some uh, back pocket and full back. I uh, got some, some experience playing American football. And, you know, it was, it was kind of similar to playing safety or, or linebacker. And we are just trying to judge where the ball is and trying to intercept it as, as best you can. So I uh, played that position. Um, I, I still do to this day, but snuck into the midfield more now that the, the skills have gotten sharper. You know, and you're not just there to punch a ball on the ground, pick it up and clear it. So. Yeah, nice. Uh, what number do you wear? Uh, to be honest, I don't... To be honest, I don't really have a preference. I pretty much give whatever jumper they want to they want to throw at me. I mean, I was I was starting to look through the jumpers I had here, and I don't think I have one common number. So it's it's basically you know whatever you want to throw at me. I think I got twelve, I got eight, I got eighteen, and three at some point. So it's kind of, it's kind of a free for all. Whatever jumper fits that day, because uh, usually we get one guy taking all the jumpers back to to clean them for the next day, and it's a free for all. You know, because we'll get guys that will come in for a week. 
and then won't show up the next week. So their numbers are low. So kind of all over the place on that one. Yeah, that's a, fair enough as well. Um, do you follow anybody in the IFL? Uh, obviously, we you know we watch the grand finals, watch some games. I've, <clears throat> I've never, uh, I never stuck on, on a team. You know, there's a couple of players that I've always watched and respected. You know, like uh, me being most in the back. Uh, I always love to watch those uh, Alex Rance versus uh, Buddy Buddy Franklin uh, matchups. Those are always really entertaining to watch. Um, uh, Jeremy McGovern too. Uh, watch him always be in the right place at the right time. So I mean. Our club's, I guess, kind of, kind of sponsored by uh, uh, the Eagles there. So I guess I'd have to say them, but I'm not really, not really diehard. Still up, still up for grabs, I guess. Free agent when it comes to teams. Uh, you want to put your case forward for the Bombers, that dog? Try and get him to support the Bombers, or look, I would, but I or are you I... just going to say, mate, stick with the Eagles? Because I was going to say. I... Life, sorry, life. I don't want to make his life miserable, so he can stay as the uh, Eagles. Well, I, I feel as if there is a lot of Canadians that do uh, like the Bombers because uh, the guy went number one there. I forget his name, but McGrath. Uh, yeah, McGrath. Yeah, and I think he was like uh, you know captain of the uh, the young team or uh, basically the young guns team too. So yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so let's learn about the club. So mm-hmm. when was the club first founded, and why did they choose? the West Island waters as their name? Uh, it started in 2014. We basically had uh, this guy, Dan Robinson, who uh, came over from, uh, it was, he was in Melbourne and he was playing with uh, Norwood and I think they're in the uh, Eastern football league. So uh, they have the exact same jumpers as we had when he came over. I think he had a discussion with the club and, you know, got them to ship some jumpers over and uh, basically started that club when he, when he first came over from that. So we started in 2014. And at that point, the uh, AFL Quebec league in itself had been going since 2011. The league started, it was just a you know, mixed league, guys and girls on the same teams playing against each other. There's only two or three clubs. And then in 2014, they decided to you know, do a men's and a women's league. So you had four, four men's teams, two women's teams. And that's when the club was founded. So, uh, uh, you know, I joined in the first year. I was just late in joining, but uh, yeah, we we got the jumpers from them, and uh, yeah, that's 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 where, where where it all started. Yeah, no, I was was discussing before we jumped on, and I'm like, all right, they've got jumpers that look like Norwood jumpers from the AFL. Their yeah. logo is the same as Norwood. Like, you know, there is a connection there, but what is it now? We know so. Yeah. Norwood is 25 minutes up the road from us at Sandown. I think it is. So it's. Nice and close. Um, well, I was, yeah, and I was looking up, uh, you know, the league that you guys play in as well. And would you guys – is that's a separate league, right? But would you guys have any matches against them potentially? No. Nah, so they play in a different league. But our league and their league are pretty much the next-door neighbours. Yeah. So yeah. the league that they play in and the division they play in is the best in metropolitan Melbourne. Okay. And for quite some time were – either one or two in the state of Victoria is the best local league. So, gotcha. uh, yeah, definitely definitely good quality footy in the AFL to the point where... And we're at the opposite end of that. <laughs> <laughs> there <you go. laughs> well, the AF, I went to an AFL grand final a couple of years ago because my mate was playing and they had, I think, almost 10,000 people <clears throat> in a grand yeah. final where I think we our Div 1 might get two to 3,000 if they're lucky, maybe. So... It uh, goes to show the size of the AFL. But um, you yeah. now got West Coast jumpers I've seen you guys running around in. Why yeah. is that? Well, it's like I was saying, kind of like, like I am with the number. We're kind of just a – at this point, we're just a sucker for a good jumper, to be honest. <laughs> we, we, like I said, the club was started in 2014. We've had those jumpers since 2014. And the league, um, actually prior to being the West Island Waters, it was the West Island Eagles. And they had Eagles jumpers, and there was a connection there. Uh, I think it was uh, the guy who founded the league, uh, Luke Anderson, who was, you know, had, had been uh, messaging the Eagles back and forth. So uh, at some point, you know, I think every other club in uh, Montreal had gotten new jerseys, uh, new jumpers, except us. And we were still stuck with these ones. They're kind of starting to fall apart. So we just asked, do you have anything? And he says, well, look, I got these uh, yellow uh, Eagles uh, jumpers. So you guys want to use them? 
and you know civil war the waters but once we touched the jumper it's the quality was so much better that we couldn't say no <laughs> yeah from yeah. the looks of the uh the norwood jumpers they look like quite an old type of uh one. yeah like, yeah i got i got one here it's uh i, I found you know it's 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 pretty it's pretty it's pretty used up there it's not <laughs> it's not not the best you put the other ones it's like silky smooth and yeah. So it's like oh, going from our, our white our white copper jumpers we had made up one year. Yes, dodgy, not, some not, dodgy the ones, ones. not the ones behind me, but the ones yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, we had some old ones. And then now you've gone to an actual Puma West Coast Correct. jumper. So it's, I, I do like the yellow West Coast one with eagle in the front of it. I, I do yeah, it's, like it's, that one. It's, it's not too bad. I got one here. It's, uh, it's pretty good anyway after putting those ones on. They're really tight though. That one it was <laughs> kind, of, kind of snug putting those ones on, but... Anyway, good, good change. AFL jumpers, they make them that tight. They don't make them for the common man. <laughs> no, no, exactly. So we're, we're, we're putting on XLs, double XLs, and they're still snug. I'm like, Who, who's this made for? You know? <laughs> exactly right. Um, who was the club's first game against and how did you go? I, I'm not – I wasn't there for the club's first game. So I actually went to – like the club's uh, first training and stuff, and I was gone for the summer. But it was against; it, w- it would have been against another uh, Montreal uh, Metro League team. So I'm assuming it would have been, uh, you know, the, the, I'll call them the reigning champs back then. It was the Laval Bombers, and uh, you know they had been winning for for a while now. And uh, uh, I, that year, we didn't lose a game, so it, it went really well. And what happened is, I think with the expansion team, the way the the Metro League works is there'll be a draft. And I think they were a bit too generous on the draft on who they gave to uh, the West Island Wooders because we got this guy. Uh, well, he, he was supposed to be on this call today, but he's he's on. Uh, he, he's away for the weekend. Phil Manassa, who uh, he they drafted him, and I don't think they realized how good he was. And he, uh, him, and Dan Robinson, the guy who started the league, uh, started our team, just completely dominated the the league and just kept bombing them to this massive full forward that we have that would catch everything. We had no strategy. It was just kick it to this guy. He'll catch it. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, so, it was good. Right. So that name, Phil Manassa, mm-hmm. he's, he's Australian, isn't he? Yeah. And I, Is, uh, he, he's, it's his son. Yes. Okay. So I think yeah. I was listening back to the Montreal episode um, when we recorded Montreal Demons. I'm pretty sure one of them blokes mentioned that he was probably the best player they've seen in mm-hmm. Quebec. And then as I was listening back to it, I'm like, I just realized that we spoke to the president of AFL Poland, uh, Phil Forbes, and he actually played junior football with him at South Croydon. Okay, and it was well, a, I was like, oh, this connection. I didn't even realize there was that connection. So yeah. to hear you say him, it's like, yeah, he, he, he was saying he, Phil said that he was probably the best player he ever played with. So mm-hmm. when I got heard the Montreal episode back and now hearing you say his name, be like, a bit generous letting us have, have him. Yeah, uh, definitely makes sense, and yeah, I think yeah. To, I think we definitely need to get him on to talk about his, you know, oh, but he's not abs- working to get his, you know, he how he went from South Croydon through to being an absolute dominant player for uh, the Wooders. Yeah, yeah, no, he's uh, he's he's a, he's a he's a good guy to work with, and uh, you, you learn so much from him too. Uh, he he runs a lot of the practices too because we we'll have practices with the with the other league teams, and great guy to work with. Yeah, that's why. Unfortunately, he was away this weekend, but uh, anyway, it would have been good to, to get him on, but maybe we can, we can get another one going with him. Yeah, no, it's always good, those little throwbacks. As soon as you did say the name, I was like, where, where have I heard that name mentioned before? But there you go. Yeah, I, I, had no, I had no idea who, who, his, you know, who his father was and what, you know, what the situation was when I started playing footy. And then I think it was Dan or someone just showed me the YouTube clip of his, of his dad scoring that goal. And Okay, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, just, it just goes to show you, Rifty, that uh, footy is collected all around the world. We've got us in Melbourne, connected via South Croydon with Phil to Poland, across to uh, Quebec. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, that, that six degrees of separation there, it's uh, unbelievable. But how hard has it been for you in recent years to get players and, and how many uh, players do you currently have? Recruiting's been... Recruiting's it's been pretty good. Uh, like like I mentioned, you know, the league typically drafts players into into teams. So you know, a lot of times when we recruit someone, we may not necessarily get them on our team. It'll go through the draft. 
they do have this rule that if it is like a you know, close personal friend or something, he can come on the team. But they kind of want to avoid just one team being completely stacked. But they'll do recruiting events at uh, local universities, colleges, and so on. And uh, a lot of uh, referrals from friends. So a lot of the people here play other sports, basketball, American football, uh, volleyball, and so on. They'll look to those events to get people to come over. And we get a lot of cross uh, athletes that will cross over and become really good. Uh, there's actually in, in the women's league, um, uh, one of the girls, Val uh, Moreau, who, who was playing, I think, one of the guys on the Demons that you guys interviewed, um, who plays for them, recruited her. And uh, she she went on. She's playing, I think, in the DFL uh, right now. I think it's with SC. Uh, I could get, I could have gotten that wrong, but I know she's over there right now playing. And uh, you know, just started in AFL Quebec like three four years ago. So yeah, it's pretty cool. The, the the draft system stuff. You just when you recruit someone that is pretty good, you're like, all right, we don't want them to know how good you are. So kick with the opposite foot, kick, handball with the opposite hand, just so they. You exactly. Move down, you move down on the draft board, and we can snap you up. I may be guilty of doing that a couple of times with new players. You know, I hope they don't listen to this, but yeah, sometimes I'll really try to downplay some new players. And yeah, he can't kick. He's no, he's no good. But yeah, doesn't really work out. They, they, they catch on pretty quick. So, <laughs> um, so whereabouts do you get to train and play your games? Uh, same, same place. Uh, but like. Um, uh, that the demons do there when you guys had that interview with them. It's at the local college. Um, Danny college is a proper, you know, proper American football field there. So I don't, I, I don't think I mentioned this yet, but we, we play a uh, nine or 10 aside on a, usually a soccer American football field. And um, yeah, that's, that's where we'll play our, our Metro league games. And that's where we'll practice. Um, when we do get together and form the Quebec saints, uh, then we won't practice too much together, but we'll, we'll go play on, you know, proper ovals, either against, you know, Ottawa or U.S. teams. So as the Montreal Saints... Um, Quebec Saints, mate. Come on, mate. <laughs> Quebec Saints. Oh, good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you wrote Montreal Saints here. Did Jesus. I have a Quebec? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the city, the province, uh, you know. Yeah, it's all my good. bad. <laughs> as the mate, Quebec... Well, I'm sorry, Rifty. You should know better than that, mate. You should know it's Quebec Saints without needing to worry about what I write. Yeah. Come on, mate. Um, <laughs> I, so, think was, I think I was writing that as he said Montreal, so I've just written Montreal as he said it. <laughs> All good. All right. So the Quebec Saints, that, that's the sort of the combination of your uh, Metro teams combining, uh, coming together as the Quebec Saints. And Correct, yeah. My understanding, that's an 18 aside is when you yep. play the Saints. Um, so how have you gone uh, in, in that format how you know how, how many times you you played for the saints and i've been i've been playing with the saints since well pretty much since i since i joined i think uh after at the end of 2014 so we uh we typically go down to the u.s for the u.s national tournaments as the as the quebec saints and uh i've been we've been going there since well i've been going there with them since 2014 and we the u.s nationals is typically split into four divisions with uh, Div 1 obviously being the best. And we were put into Division 2 our first year. It was our first experience, you know, playing 18 aside as a club together. We did all right. I think we won a game, lost two. And uh, the next year in 2015, that was I think that was the highlight of my <clears throat> of my club uh, playing career. We were ranked we were ranked 8th out of 8 in the Division 2. And we ended up cleaning, you know, winning every game. Uh, going to the grand final, winning twenty six nothing because it's shortened games because you got to play four games in two days. But we, you know, we we cleaned up and we won. And such a good feeling knowing that they they rank you eight out of eight and you you beat everybody. So after that, they promoted us to Division One. Didn't go so well. Dropped back to Division Two. Won the championship that year again in twenty seventeen. And since then, we've been in Division One. So it's you know Division One. You're playing against really good opposition it's uh it's it's a pretty pretty good test but uh, we're, we're holding our own we, we usually win one or two games every year uh, which is you know you play three games uh at the u.s national so we, we do pretty good yeah. yeah so would that um has that led to you getting selected for the international cup at all playing through the saints have you yeah yeah so uh we had I played uh, the, my first experience with Team Canada was I think it was in 2017. It was this uh, London uh, Footy Cardinal uh, 
carnival and we were playing against uh, team uh, great britain and uh, wales and then we played against i think another team that you guys did a uh, interview with it was the wandsworth uh, demons based out of london and we played three games against them and we were basically you could basically qualify us as a development team we had a lot of young guys that had just started out and we had a couple of the first uh, first team players for uh, team canada there so we we had a really good experience there and then uh Last year we had uh, I was selected to go to Melbourne there for the for the IC. Um, obviously that that's been postponed. So you know, I was really training hard to go to that one. But uh, anyway, it's it's we we actually had a camp last weekend with uh, with Team Canada, a socially distanced camp. So it was good to see the guys again, at least on the eastern part of Canada, because it is tough to uh, <laughs> to see everybody. So I got two questions off that. Uh, first one is I'm. Um, Obviously, you'll be in the squad for when you, the International Cup does go ahead. Um, obviously, with it being in Queensland, myself and Rifty are hoping to get up there for it. But uh, you making you planning on making a trip down to Melbourne while you're in Australia? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, my my goal was to go to Melbourne. Um, you know, maybe two two weeks ahead of time, two three weeks to one get adjusted to the time and maybe get some kicks in with uh, you know some local clubs. So. I'd spoken to a couple of the guys, uh, including the guy who founded the team there, uh, Dan, uh, to see if I could go have a kick out with uh, with them. But you know, uh, just just to go get some kicks in and get some uh, get some training in before I see. Well, the doors open down at Sandown, mate, for as many kicks as you want, and I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure uh, we can you know, a couple of beers on the house after training and probably show a few of our boys how to kick the footy properly. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And the second thing is. By the time your your coach of the Canadian team, mm-hmm. he he seems to be a very uh, very knowledgeable coach and person. Mm-hmm. What's he like to play under, or uh, train or play under? He's been coached for like, six years now for the, for the club. Yeah. Or the Cody, team. Cody, that's it. Yep. Cody is a uh, he's a great coach to work with, and you know I'm not just saying this because this is going to be public, and you know he'll surely hear this, but. Uh, <laughs> but uh, honestly, you talk about a, a player's coach who looks out for his players, uh, you know, always asking questions towards the players, seeing what we think, always looking for our feedback. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really good. The engagement that he has, you know, reaching out to everybody individually. Obviously, it's it's challenging time right now, right? You don't know, uh, you know how you're going to interact and so on. And is there going to be a practice soon? He's reaching out. We're having a lot of webinars, making sure everybody's comfortable and uh, you know, really, really good guy to play for. Yeah, I've had a few discussions with him uh, about trying to get him on the uh, podcast. And I think probably after this episode comes out, hopefully have it lined up a couple weeks after. And yeah, he seems like he's, uh, he knows exactly what he's talking about. And he seems like someone drifted. I wouldn't mind getting fat on a call with because I feel like fat could learn quite a few things from him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got his he's got his own podcast as well. I'm sure you guys have seen that that it, that's been doing very well. And no, no, really, uh, can't say enough good things about him. But again, yes. that's not just that's not just sucking up for uh, <laughs> make sure I make the starting eighteen. You know, <laughs> uh, his podcast uh, where others won't was my podcast recommendation about three weeks ago. So yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely all, all over that. Um, but anyway, where are ah, so back to uh, the Metro Quebec League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how much success have the uh, West Island Wooders had in that competition? Well, this is going to be a, it's going to start off great and then it's going to peel off and be pretty uh, downright embarrassing. But no, <laughs> we, uh, like I said, when I started in 2014, we had that, you know, almost we call it like a super team. We won the, won the flag there and 2015, same thing. I don't think we lost, we may have lost like one game and won the flag. And then we, you know, other teams started to get better, and you know, obviously, being the draft system that it was, uh, we kind of stayed the same, and we started losing some players. That full forward uh, that I was talking about, that we just bombed, bombed the balls into, he uh, he moved away, so we kind of had to get uh, creative. But we were making the grand final pretty much every year since since I've started. I think uh, I didn't make the grand final. I haven't made the grand final once, and uh, but unfortunately, after 2015, we lost in 2016. And in 2017, didn't make it in 2018. And then last year, we were in the grand final again. And uh, I think it probably has to go down as one of the biggest choke jobs in the, in the history of uh, footy because 
we on paper our team was you know we, we should have won that but we were playing against the Montreal Demons in the grand final and uh, a couple mental errors at the end uh, we had I think it was two or three minutes left and one of the guys didn't hear the substitution call um, so he came on the field without someone subbing out so we had we had 11 on the fields 10 aside and the only way that that can be called is if, if if the captain of the other team asks for a count and I'm looking and you know I'm I'm in the back line there and I'm starting to this, this doesn't make sense and I start yelling to the guy like, get off the field get off the field and then sure enough the captain it was actually uh, Chris Queller who you guys spoke with in the Montreal Demons <laughs> he just goes and asks the umpire do they have enough on the field and boom you know right there uh, that they could have erased the score they could have got us down to zero we did a compromise we let him kick a, a goal from like a, you know one meter out and after that they had another kick a goal and pretty far out and that was our last chance and someone walked across the mark gave him a 50 and after that that was over these two to, to say that those two uh, mistakes have haunted me for the past year that'd yeah, be an understatement I'm still pretty pissed off about those ones <laughs> At least they gave you the chance to uh, not have your sky warped, score wiped to zero. It's uh, yeah, that, that was that was a you know pretty classy on their part because they could have just. I think I don't know at that point it was like fifty to thirty or something, and they could even fifty nothing. They would have cleaned us up, right? So it's, it was. It's always, uh, it's always a debate. There's people that say that um, you know, it's the score wiped from the game. There's people that say no, it's only the score of that quarter. No, it's yeah. only the score of that half. And there's people that come. Ah, it doesn't even exist anymore. And it's, it's yeah, if there was a headcount called in our, like, like today in our league, yeah. you'd hear 10 different reasons of why it should happen. I think all that would end up happening would be pretty much what happened in there because no one actually knows what the rule is because it keeps, change, it keeps changing. Um, but I've been, I've been involved in, I think, two headcounts and they're one of the most awkward and fiery things there is because you get people that are like, no, no, I wasn't on the ground. It's like you literally ran off the ground as the head count was cold. And, uh, but anyway, it's uh, oh, no, many, but... many rules that no one actually really knows the outcome for. <laughs> well, yeah. And there's, uh, there was actually another story about the head counts. I forgot to mention too, about uh, when we go to these U S nationals, we were in the final at one point and this team, uh, we're playing Sacramento and they asked for a head count because you're only allowed to have a certain amount of Aussies on the field at the same time. And then you have to have some Canadians. So we were, you know, I think up 26, 26 nothing at that point. And they asked for a head count, stating that we had too many Aussies on the field. So they do the count once and they say, no, they're, they're good. And the penalty for them will, would be to have their score erased. But they, they didn't have anything. So it was 26 nothing. So they lost no points. What did they do 10 minutes later? They asked for another count, saying that now this guy who's got an Aussie accent, he's definitely from Australia, he's not Canadian. The guy was born in Toronto. Oh, to papers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, they were asking for passports and stuff. It was, it was the funniest thing, you know. You're just breaking the whole momentum of the game. So, yeah. I I have joked about it in a very early episode. We heard about this sort of system that happens with uh, you know too many Aussies on the field, and I said, you know, umpires have got it hard enough as it is without having to check for green cards and stuff as well, and. Twice in a game. That's just yeah. That's the, the second that's, time. They, yeah, like, what are you expecting? Like you know, the second time I think they ended up uh, taking out one of their players because they couldn't. You know, they can't just having a call every five minutes and not getting punished for it. Yeah, it's literally just hoping that someone's on the field to bring it back to zero zero. But uh, I guess if it worked on their behalf, yeah, good one. Yeah, they had, they had nothing to lose. You know, we were exactly up to right. yeah. nothing, right? So, yeah, I guess smart tactics, just, you know, kind of annoying to play with. Probably, probably not ethical, but... No, um, exactly. This bloke sounds too Aussie. Get yeah. This, yeah, exactly. I heard too many mates out here. Get yeah. Ed Kiff. Got the guy, the guy speaking with a stereotypical Canadian accent there. Yeah, what's up, you hosers? And... Yeah. <laughs> He's not from Melbourne. He's not from Melbourne. He's Australian. He's putting it on. There's not enough guys saying A. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Not enough enough people want to be my buddy. This is not (laughs) great. Anyway, um, do you guys find it hard to get sponsors? Uh, The league, the league takes care of the sponsors mostly, and I know they work. They work really hard at that. Uh, They do a great job, and 
we've always had a sponsor pub. We also have uh, uh, spot a couple couple other restaurants that sponsor us, landscaping companies, and so on. So they do a really good job at uh, at reaching out. I'm not I'm not a part of those efforts to get the sponsors, but uh, I think you know they, they do put a lot of work into it. But you know every year they always get some some really good sponsors, and you know, including a, a I think it's a meat pie restaurant. So those are always great to have for sale after games or. You know, you, we know where to go to to get some uh, some meat pies. Yeah, that, that's all right. Do, do the Canadians get around a meat pie, or is it? That's not really a. It's not. It's not a Canadian thing, no. But uh, ever since these guys, uh, well, they 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 introduced us to them. Uh, I love them. You know, when, when we have the occasion, we even had our one of our awards nights catered by them. You know, you, it was perfect. I think it's my favorite awards night that we we've had some. You know fancy dinners come in and so on my favorite one was the one with the meat pies it's tough to beat yeah it's it's something we just being aussies uh meat pies it's a it's a staple in our in our uh diet and especially in our canteen at our footy club blocky uh there was one day when the guy didn't deliver the meat pies and mate there's almost a riot you don't have meat pies in the canteen what what's yeah. this and it's uh it's it's good that you guys are able to bring that little bit of Aussie culture to the, to the club as well. Yeah. What would you guys say would be more Australian, the meat pies or the sausage rolls? What, what do you guys prefer? I'm always the meat pie man myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a good sausage pie. I love a meat pie. I love a meat pie, but if a sausage roll, a good sausage roll comes out or I'm, or I'm trying not to make too much of a mess. I'm wearing a nice shirt. I got the sausage roll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sausage yeah. roll is one of those ones that like, a four and twenty, you know, generic one is not that great, but you get a good bakery sausage roll, and that's all right. Same but, thing as a pie; you get a good bakery pie, and oh, jeez. Yeah, but like what well, I'm saying, an average meat pie okay, is still okay. better still than an average yeah. average sausage mm. roll. Where, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah some of the times when we're asking with some of the Aussies, which you know, what's the most uh, Australian food? Food, and one of them just said a a sausage and a in a piece of bread, you know, just a homemade oh, yeah. sausage roll. Oh, yeah, you can't, can't go wrong with that. That's no, that's that's probably been the toughest thing about lockdown is that our Bunnings is famous for its sausages, and you can't go get a sausage at Bunnings because they're closed. So it's yeah. been tough. There was there was outrage. <laughs> Bunnings is a, a hardware store, yeah. and they do yeah, as we said, uh, barbecue. So it's normally like footy clubs or uh, community groups, and there was outrage when it was made that onion had to go underneath the sausage at every Bunnings because of the health and safety of onion dropping off the bread in the shop. There was absolutely, it was, you know, you think this pandemic's taken over social media. No, nah. when the onion was had to go underneath it, it was just, or, or when uh, I think Bunnings it was, it was vegan they were, sausages. Yeah, now threatening to ban onion altogether. That's, That's right, when yeah. people were really, they're like, no, you're going too far. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't like onions on my sausage anyway. <laughs> uh, but what about what about the social you, side? Oh, social side is. What do you guys uh, get up to for for a bit of fun? They'll they'll plan events, you know, throughout the year, whether it be like you know, a karaoke event or uh, just you know a lot of get-togethers. But I think the the main social event for us is when we go to the uh, to the U.S. Nationals because uh, we usually do our Mad Monday right after the U.S. Nationals, so we're always. In, you know, they're, they're typically in a warm spot in the U.S., San Diego, Austin, Texas, uh, and Florida sometimes. So, uh, you know, th- those ones, those are definitely the highlight right there. Uh, you know, I think uh, one, one of the years we, when, when it was in Austin, uh, we had two full vans of people that decided to do a one-week road trip afterwards just to celebrate the end of the season. So we went down to New Orleans, Nashville. Uh, we actually did a pit stop in Alabama as well. I mean, I don't remember much from that road trip. It was just a one-week blur, but the league is just <laughs> the league is just great to, to organize the, the events. And a lot of the we a lot of our social stuff comes through road trips. Either you know when we're playing a game against Boston, we'll head down to Boston for a weekend. Whether it's New York as well, or even if we go to Ottawa to play a game against them, which is a two-hour drive away, you know, we'll try to get something social out of it. So a lot a lot of road trips basically with us. That's the that's the main thing. What about the grand final day? Do you guys do anything for the AFL grand final? Yeah, yeah. Typically, they'll um, they'll reserve 
it's not just with the league, but they'll, they'll kind of get like a whole Aussies in Montreal. Uh, every, you know, basically every Australian that's living in Montreal, they'll, they'll reserve a whole, they usually reserve like a whole floor of a you know, this massive sports bar that they have and make sure that they have the game. And, uh, you know, people show up around 9, 10 in the evening and the game only starts at 1, but you just, you know, you start drinking then and you're home at, you know, 4.35 in the morning, but well worth it, you know, to be able to watch the grand final. So typically that's what's been happening. A lot of, you, we get a lot of participation in that. So it's a, it's a good good time. And they'll, they'll do contests, like who kicks the first goal and stuff. And it's a, it's good fun, yeah. So how is uh, this year? It's going to be a night grand final. Uh, how's that going to affect you guys? What's, what's, what time you, would it be sort of over there? I think if yeah, if, if it's a night grand final, it'll be super early in the morning. So I don't I don't know how that one's going to work out. It's going to be a you know with uh, we're, we're kind of starting the the wave the second wave of the pandemic too, and they're starting to restrict gatherings and stuff. So. I think uh, this year might be uh, watch it at your own place, but uh, you know maybe we'll do like a, a Zoom chat or something at the same time just to make sure that you know, we are having a good time. We can talk to the teammates and stuff. So yeah, nice. All right. Um, before we get into throwing your teammates under the bus, it's just a question we like to to get a bit of a background on what sort of sports you're into. If you could go back in time and attend any sporting event. Uh, what would it be? Oh man, it's <laughs> a good question. I'd have to. I'd probably have to say one of the Super Bowls. Uh, it, it would probably be a Super Bowl to be honest. Watch. Uh, I'm trying to pick which one, but you know, some of the best Super Bowls. You know, recently you look at the one where uh, I think you had that catch where the Giants beat the Patriots on their on their perfect season. That one would have been one to to watch just to see the. Uh, the Patriots to lose that would have been good. that would have been fun, but uh, <laughs> it'd, pro- it'd probably be one of the a, a Super Bowl or two. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking of those ones. Where, yeah, yeah, it'd probably be a Super Bowl for sure. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that would that would be a good one to just go back and watch the Patriots fans <laughs> get their hearts broken. <laughs> although, although I am thinking, I am thinking to him a big, uh, a big uh, Raptors Raptors fan and seeing. Uh, Last year, when Kawhi hit that Game Seven winner uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously it'd be great to to see you know to be there when they won, but they won in Golden State, and I don't think the celebration was as big as you know in the arena at least when they beat the, the 76ers in Game Seven. That was I was I, I think I almost punched a you know <laughs> punched a hole in the wall. I was freaking out so much when he hit that shot. So anyway, yeah, that that or a Super Bowl. Yeah. We're, we're um we're big fans of uh, American football and gridiron. So who do you support? Obviously not the Patriots, I'm assuming. <laughs> no, no, my my dad's a big Patriots fan, and you know I'll go along. And I actually have Cam Newton as my fantasy quarterback this year, so I kind of have to support them. But uh, uh, I'm I'm a I've been a Bengals fan since 2005, and there's not much to cheer about when it comes to the Bengals. I mean <laughs> now they got that uh, Joe Burrow guy, but. It's it's not the best team to be supporting, you know. But uh, I got I got to stick with them. <laughs> we've uh, we've started doing a fantasy league ourselves this year, and um, mm-hmm. I'm actually a Patriots fan. And okay. a bloke, our captain Dicko, hates the Patriots with a passion. Absolutely, just can't stand them. But he's got the Patriots as his defense. So part of me has a very very big a small satisfaction the fact that he actually needs to cheer the Patriots yeah. on at times this season. It actually makes me happy to know that this person who loves to give me and our mother Pat's mate shit has to actually support him. <laughs> a, that's 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 a weird thing with fantasy football. You want to be cheering for an interception but you still want them to lose and I don't know. It's uh it's good fun. No, it's... Being our, our first year playing fantasy, I understand yeah. why fantasy players don't actually follow one team and have an actual team. I'm a cowboy supporter. This okay. guy over here took Dak Prescott. So last week, I'm cheering on and we were playing each other. So I'm, yeah. Dak Prescott makes this unbelievable comeback and all I'm seeing is his points go up against me. He puts up almost 40 points against me. I'm like, like, this is the greatest comeback I've got to see in ages and I can't even be happy about it because I've just no. been murdered in fantasy. Uh, on the uh, draft night, I took Dak, I think like third or fourth round. So he wasn't expecting it and he was a bit like, oh, I thought I was going to be able to get him like seventh round. I'm like, no, mate. I'm like, I knew you'd want him. And after yeah. week one, he didn't really deliver. Half, 
halftime week time, check the scores. I've woken up, check the scores. Was so close to sending him a message going, mate, you can have this hack quarterback. He's shit. Ain't worth the money. He's got four points for a half. For a half. Woke up, went for my walk, come back, sitting down eating breakfast, check it. All of a sudden, the Cowboys are within a field goal and Dak's on body 37 points. I'm like, oh, suck a dick, Rifty. This is fantastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, what, what he didn't realize is, you know, you're playing against the Falcons and the Falcons, you know, they, they're known for blowing leads after that, uh, what was it, 28-3 against the yeah. Patriots in the Super Bowl. So nothing's safe when the Falcons are leading. But, yeah, yeah. I, feel, I feel your pain. A lot of people just do that. They draft players to piss off their friends. I mean, I, well, I, I, I didn't do it to piss them off. I wanted Dak, but I'm, I knew yeah. that we're getting to the area where blokes were going to start taking quarterbacks. So I'm like, oh, I'll get Dak. Or not that they were taking quarterbacks, but a lot of the players, like the good running backs and the first choice wide receivers were all gone. So like, oh, I'm getting my QB now. Yeah. Settle in. That wasn't joyful yeah. to know that uh, you it got is. beat by your own bloke. And the worst part is I had um, Gallup as my one of my receivers and he wasn't throwing it to him. So I'm fucking... <laughs> he's, he's sticking to Amari Cooper and that, that rookie now. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It's frustrating. I, I have Amari Cooper, so I'm, I'm happy. But uh, <laughs> Gallup, with the, yeah, he's got to get more receptions. Um, all right, I think it's time you throw some of your teammates under the bus. Um, and we're happy for you to throw anyone that you've played with, not only for the Wooders, but the uh, Saints as well. So what do you okay. got first, Ed Dog? Uh, who would be the class clown? Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of people I could throw under the, the bus for that one. But, uh, I mean, if I go with the Wooders right now, they'd probably be, uh, probably be Will. Uh, Wilfred, he's, uh, he's his guy. He's, uh, he's been playing with the club forever. And uh, he's been playing. He's, he's originally from France. And this guy has all the skill in the world. And sometimes he just tries stuff. And he's never, he's never too serious in the huddle, but he always plays so well. And he does stuff that, you know, you would never do. You know, he, I don't know, like try to kick it to himself in the middle. Or, or we'd be playing like a beer pong game. And he can't, he can't just throw a cup. He's got to do like these fadeaway shots and stuff. And, <laughs> He never takes things too seriously, but he's so good, but he gets he gets away with it. So, I guess on the Wooders, that, that'd be the guy. And, uh, yeah, on the, on the Saints, I mean, we, we haven't been playing really this year, but uh, recently, it'd probably have to be uh, this guy, Rich. I think the Demons, uh, Rich Edwards, he's, he's this Welsh guy. He's, uh, he's something else. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, I don't even know how to describe him. You'd have to have him on a podcast in himself, and you guys would be entertained for three hours, I think. So <laughs> just just him on his own, I think he'd be a pretty good class clown. Yeah, love it. Um, how about the party animal? <clears throat> uh, again, probably a bunch I could go with. I think uh, I'll try to go with the biggest party animals that I ever saw in my history, the Quebec Saints. There were two brothers, actually, from, uh, from Melbourne, the, the, the Rogers brothers, Sam and uh, Todd. Uh, these guys, I don't even, you know, they'd, they'd be going out and they'd go out. I mean, just for an example, we had a, we had this one-day tournament. And I think Todd was out to like 6 or 7 in the morning. He showed up to the tournament. Our first game was at 9 or 10 with a, with a, with a pillow and his boots and said, wake me up when the game starts. And uh, <laughs> we woke him up and he ended up, you know, having the game of his life. And I think he won MVP that, uh, of that tournament. So just to show you that, you know, he could he could go out and still function, but these guys, yeah, they uh, they do the Centurion Club just for fun on like you know on a random Saturday. Just yeah, words can't describe those guys really. <laughs> Big loss for the for the for the AFL Quebec family when they left. All right, so who's who's the person that just takes the game far too serious? Uh, I'd have to say like on on our team at the moment, you know. Phil can take things pretty seriously. Uh, you know, he'll <laughs> just to give you guys an idea at the moment with the lockdown, we're, we're not allowed to play with any contact. So we've been just playing these flag games with the women's teams mixing together. So instead of a tackle, he pulled the flag. And I find it funny because they, they split us up. So Phil's on the other team and I'm on this team. And you know, we're just playing flag. It's really social, you know, just to keep us in shape and stuff. And at the end of every quarter, I hear him giving these, these big speeches and guys, we need to, fo- and, you know, we're just playing for fun and sometimes we're there and we don't have anything to say and we'll just listen to him talk to the other team for 10 minutes on end, you know, just for fun. So 
he can take it seriously, but uh, he he delivers on the field, so he's allowed to. <laughs> All right, and who's who's the person you wouldn't want to have to share a room with on a trip away? Uh, on the Wooders, I think I think it'd have to be Tama. He's this. Uh, the main reason would probably be because his hair is so long. I think his, he always has his hair tied up, and sometimes he, he unties. I think his hair is like all the way down to his ass, to be honest. And if I'd be sharing a room with him, I think his hair would just be everywhere. You know, like uh, girls can leave hair everywhere. His hair is so long. So yeah, that probably probably Tama, I'd say, mostly because uh, I can't really think of any anybody else that I wouldn't want to share a room with. So I'll just I'll just put Tama under the bus for that one. Yeah, it's uh. Fair enough as well, I guess. Um, oh, he's, yeah. <laughs> uh, who's got the best nickname? We, on our, on the winners, don't have too many people to have good nicknames, but on the uh, the Saints, I mean, recently there's a couple that really made me laugh. Uh, I think uh, Tony uh, Tony Purdy, uh, they call him the the Purdyphile now. His last name is Purdy, and yeah, at every Mad Monday. <laughs> They decide, they decide to. He always dresses up like a like a grandma or something like that. And I think that was one of his nicknames too. But now we're calling him the Pertophile, and that every time I hear that, I just I I, I can't. It's, it's too good. And another guy. This is not really a nickname that uh, hasn't really stuck. But last year at U.S. National, I think the guy basically broke his wrist or something, but he, he kept playing through it. He's our ruckman, and uh, his when he after the games he put up his two hands, and his hand was you know his right hand was like three times as, as big as his left and they started calling him hand job after that so uh, that one that one was pretty good too i think that's his name on a, on a saints chat but no one calls him that anymore his hands obviously gone down but i found that one pretty good too so yeah those, those would be the best two in my mind yeah that's that's decent nicknames that's a shame that hand job didn't stick um yeah yeah i know he's he's got a lot a couple other ones so it's uh all right. Um, thanks, Eves, for joining us, mate. We do appreciate you taking the time on your Saturday night to join us. Um, where can everyone go to follow along the Wooders and, and keep up with what you guys are doing over there? Yeah, you can. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. I mean, either the Wooders or uh, AFL Quebec, and we do have uh, Instagram as well. So, if, you know, if if you guys are in the region or anyone in Montreal that want to want to join or just follow, go on the Wooders and you know, follow, follow us on Instagram or something or on, on Facebook. So I think uh, it'll probably be uh, a lot of action tomorrow. It's actually our, I guess, our grand final for uh, the Flag League. So we got that going tomorrow. Obviously, it's not the same intensity as our, our regular league, but still grand final, still got to go for it. So anyway. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Best of luck with that. And watch out. Watch out if you're lining up against Phil. He might, uh, might take you out going for a mark or something if you're not careful. Yeah, this podcast won't be broadcast before uh, before tomorrow, right? So I think uh, no, I think I'm good. You won't hear you won't hear that through one of the bus. So we're yeah. all set. <laughs> uh, thanks again for joining us, man. Like we said, if you are you do head over here next year and looking for a place to kick, uh, the Edinburgh Reserves always open. Absolutely, uh, I'll definitely be reaching out to you guys. Hopefully, this thing uh, this thing still goes through. And uh, thanks again, guys. Really, really appreciate this. Uh, not a problem. Thanks again, mate. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.